Hello and welcome to another episode of uh, Coffee Corner Radio Podcast. Uh, today, a very special uh, episode, in my opinion at least. I'm very proud that uh, we have uh, two members of the Corona Vaughn app uh, team uh, from SAP here. Um, Thomas and Sebastian, who will introduce themselves right after me. Um, just to give our international listeners, I suppose all Germans, uh, know, that, uh, know the whole story, but international listeners might not know what we are talking about. Uh, there is a contact tracing app uh, was released last week in Germany, and uh, it was developed by SAP uh, together with Deutsche Telekom or If I got it right, Deutsche Telekom is more or less uh, responsible for the hosting and, and cloud uh, offering uh, for the yeah for for the run part of the whole thing. And yeah, today I've got uh, Thomas and Sebastian with me. And yeah, maybe Sebastian, can you start uh, to introduce yourself? Maybe just a few words and your role within the project. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Sebastian Wolf. Uh, in my normal day job, I'm working for the Open Source Program Office, or in short, OSPO, uh, for SAP. So we are more or less coordinating and uh, yeah, developing all the, let's say, legal process tool stuff uh, with respect to open source topics uh, in the company. Um, and uh, due to this role, uh, we were also in the OSPO asked to contribute and help with uh, the Corona OneApp team as it's uh, open source. And um, yeah, uh, since uh, a few weeks, I'm now together with Thomas uh, in the lead for the uh, open source and community management team. So we are basically coordinating and uh, yeah, uh, the with respect to contacting community, replying, uh, managing the issues which come in. Um, and uh, yeah, um, then I would directly hand over to Thomas. Yeah, thanks, Sebastian. Um, so my name is Thomas Kovac. I'm um, yeah in my day job, I'm doing strategic projects. So um, we have constantly changing projects, all with rather short runtime, um, where... Yeah, certain high-profile tasks have to be resolved in, in, in a matter of weeks. And so kind of this project particularly fits that bill. And so I was also asked kind of now, I think six or seven weeks ago, um, who's interested in supporting the community engagement in the Corona One app? And I said, yes, I am. And yeah, ever since um, I'm working uh, together with Sebastian and lots of other colleagues on, on just those tasks that uh, Sebastian just mentioned. Yeah, maybe I, I can give some yeah some impressions how, how the whole story went for me as an outsider. And maybe you can step in uh, to, to explain uh, when the story started for you. So. Yeah, there was the, the whole uh, pandemic thing coming up in February and March, and um, I don't don't exactly when there was already there were already discussions about uh, app supported uh, contact tracking and tracing or whatever how it how it was called at that time. Um, there were some 
examples in, in Taiwan and China where, where I read about or uh, saw some uh, TV coverage about it. And of course, uh, in Germany, there were, as in many other countries as well, I think, uh, were discussions how to develop that thing. Um, that was mid of March. Then, first of all, I heard that uh, they were thinking about a, a central um, approach, meaning a, a central server uh, for collecting all the data. Um, I think the first approaches were also discussing about GPS, if I got it right or if I remember right. Um, and then uh, there were, uh, yeah, there was a consortium of. Uh, some um, institutes uh, discussing the whole approach also in, in regards to data privacy and so on. And um, the central approach has the yeah, disadvantage that all the data are in one place and the advantage for, the, let's say, the science people uh, to get more data. But in Germany, I think it was the public was not really liking that central approach already in the beginning. And then there was this change uh, towards the decentral approach. And then it was when this kind of thing was already decided, at least in my recognition, uh, there was uh, the message that uh, SAP and Telecom uh, got the yeah the, the order or the, the won the project or ho however it was, was not that, that clear at that time uh, to develop that, that app. Was that yeah. correct or <laughs> that's that's more or less that's more or less correct yeah so uh, just to, to reiterate a bit um, yeah uh, the the f former project called PEPPT or PEPP minus PT uh, was basically in favor of this uh, centralized approach that means that all the contacts uh, or all the not contacts it's basically encounters uh, if you meet somebody in public or in private, uh, these encounters are basically or would have been stored centrally on a central server. And the decentralized approach, and that's uh, the one which has been developed and which uh, we uh, yeah, implemented with the Corona One app, um, there the encounters are only stored on the local devices and all the calculation, if there has been a critical encounter, uh, which probably needs follow-up actions, for example, to get you tested, um, everything is developed in a decentralized manner on your local device. Yeah, so that's basically the difference there. And uh, from the uh, way how it went, I think that was pretty pretty well uh, explained. Um, yeah, so I could probably only mention uh, a small side note. Uh, as I'm working in the open source program office, um, I was wondering, okay, now um, Jens Spahn and, and others decided, okay, we're for a decentralized approach and they also want to have it open source and they uh, contracted SAP and Deutsche Telekom to, to do it. Probably that will go uh, over our desks somehow in the open source <laughs> program office. So that was the day one, something like that. Probably something like that will happen. And uh, that was actually the case. Uh, we, we basically, so we have a process within the company uh, telling, okay, if somebody wants to go open source with a certain project or with a product or something like that, the open source program office basically checks if all the legal stuff is met and um, that we have a proper project team and uh, that the naming is correct and stuff and so on yeah and of course um yeah one day afterwards we got this request 
yeah, with uh, yeah a proper code name, of course. And uh, we're just wondering, okay, is this now this project or not? Yeah, of course. And so, so it got started more or less. And then it, uh, how do you say it? On in all circumstances, it, it escalated quickly, so to say. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was basically my first touch point with with this project. And only a few days later, we we already went uh, full uh, full steam ahead. With, with this project. So Thomas, don't know how you uh, came to that. Yeah, so. yeah for me, it was um, kind of, I think, two weeks or, or two to three weeks before I really started getting uh, or becoming part of the project. Um, we just internally in our team had a look at kind of the different approaches, centralized versus decentralized and, and which app design would, would make sense in, in which scenarios. And then kind of I left that Slack channel uh, for a while since I had other stuff on my plate. And then I got this message kind of, hey, uh, who's interested in, in open source community management? I thought, yeah, sure, why not? And from then uh, kind of uh, everything went in, in sync with what Sebastian did. Okay, okay. And that was uh, beginning of April. Nope, beginning of uh, May. Then I think we we started taking over. I I think I got my my first day officially in the project was May eight. Ah, okay. No, I mean, in in April was that discussion ah, yeah. uh, with Apple and Google about the API which mm -hmm. you are using, which we maybe should add. Uh, that uh, if I understood it right, again, as an outsider, um, Apple and Google are or developed an API uh, joint forces for, for Android and iOS devices that uh, which supports that contact tracing on the Bluetooth low energy base. Um, and I'm not really into the details of the API, but if I got it right, this supports only the decentralized uh, approach, or at least uh, they they favor it. Uh, yes. So basically, when you use the API, you don't even have the opportunity to take these um, rolling proximity identifiers, as they are called, that are exchanged between the mobile devices. As an app, we cannot just take these and send them to, to the uh, central server. That's just not, not possible. So Apple basically does everything um, in, in this API design to um, yeah, make these decentralized approaches uh, a reality. And I, I suppose they even, so if somebody implemented uh, a centralized approach on top of this API, uh, they wouldn't uh, grant these apps access to their stores. If yeah, I'm quite sure correctly. that's what I've heard too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and and timing-wise, I just checked for me, it was definitely already end of April. So it, as I said, straight after this announcement of uh, uh, Mr. Spahn and then others went live. So yeah. Okay. So um, there, I already said there's uh, Deutsche Telekom involved and SAP. Um, um, SAP did the main part of the development as far as I understood. Um, can you a bit elaborate uh, what parts uh, does that app uh, contain of, or what are the components which were developed as usual? Uh, I think the the app in, is not the, 
not the main part which needs to develop. And if you have a, a look uh, into the app itself, so uh, at least the UI is quite simple and uh, there's not much to do for, for the end user in the end. Yeah, that, that's certainly correct, definitely. So, um, and uh, concerning the architecture, all the components which are which are needed uh, for for uh, the all the listeners, I definitely recommend to uh, have a look at our uh, CWA minus documentation repository within the GitHub.com uh, slash Corona minus one minus app organization. Um, there we have a quite detailed architecture document uh, that contains uh, all the, the details of the components which we require uh, to make all this, this happen. What you see, this tiny little uh, interface on your mobile. And of course, it's not only the, uh, the iOS or the Android app. Um, we have, uh, well, at least on, on the backend side, uh, the, the so-called CWA server. Um, sounds a little bit weird as we are all talking about decentralized approaches, right? Why do we need a server? Hmm, it's a little weird. It's always a server is centralized, right? Something like that. So uh, to to uh, explain that a bit, this this server is basically there to store and distribute the so-called diagnosis keys. Um, these keys uh, are those rolling proximity identifiers, and uh, which are basically uh related to those people who have been tested positive for uh, the coronavirus and uploaded uh, them to the server and distribution and of course because each and every mobile device of the 10 million plus people who are now using the corona one app uh, need these identifiers to check once again locally uh, if they have seen these identifiers somewhere in the last two weeks so uh, that they might have been um, a risky encounter then yeah so, so in, in, it's it's just a, some kind of a content delivery network or a, a server which simply uh, is is there to distribute efficiently um, the data which is needed to calculate the encounters locally That's okay sorry yeah uh, sorry to, to interrupt. Uh, just to make it clear for me as a user, if I'm tested positive, um, I go to the app and, and confirm that I'm tested positive. Of course, you not everybody can just go there and, and confirm that he's tested positive. There is, uh, I, I got it right, a ton which you need to enter, which you get handed over from the lab in the end? Actually, there are two ways. One is um, for uh, laboratories that support that. You can scan a QR code, and then the app can check itself uh, for the test result. And then you don't have to answer a 10, but just confirm that you want to upload your diagnosis keys. And if your laboratory uh, doesn't support that, um, you can call the hotline. Um, answer a few questions um, to, to validate that this was really your test and then you get the ton which you can then enter in the app. Okay, and then my phone uploads uh, or yeah, uploads the keys to the servers of all the people I met which installed the app as well and uh, those... No, no, just, no. just your own keys for the last 14 days. Um, so kind of um, the keys that were used to create the rolling proximity and identifiers that your phone was broadcasting. And those keys are 
stored in the central server and then distributed to all other mobile phones. And on those mobile phones, they take um, the diagnosis keys and from those can figure out whether the person owning that phone was in closer contact with you. Okay. And that's the uh, distance measuring is done uh, via Bluetooth. Yeah, it's it's a, to be one hundred percent correct. It's not an actual distance measuring yeah. because uh, you you uh, there's there's a lot of challenges included in that. Uh, yeah, but Bluetooth was was found to be the the best possible way with actually hardware which is out there in the wild. In the end, it works like that that. Um, Uh, devices sending out uh, the respective um, yeah, Bluetooth signals say, okay, I sent out this Bluetooth signal with uh, this um, signal strength. Um, and uh, on the client side, on the other side, uh, the devices simply measure with what signal, which which signal strength um, the uh, the signals come in, and uh, with so-called attenuation at attenuation, dämpfung in German, um, it's basically inferred uh, how far this particular person, or in this case the device, um, is uh, away from me. Yeah, And um, there have been uh, countless discussions and of course also countless measurements uh, on this particular case. Uh, but uh, the models uh, are pretty sophisticated right now with that. And so we got, I think Jürgen Müller announced some kind of an 80% um, success rate, which is pretty good for such a technology, which was simply not made for doing uh, distance calculation. Um, and it's continuously improving also with the, the help of the Fraunhofer Institute and others. And even so the Bundeswehr did, did some yeah, measuring yeah. tests, which was uh, exactly. <laughs> in, in the e public press. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So that looks funny, but it's actually, it has a, a solid background. And uh, yeah, based on this attenuation, on this uh, dämpfung, um, you basically uh, can infer, okay, if we have that many decibels uh, less, then we have about two meters, two and a half meters, something like that. Of course, it's not exact. It's an approximation, uh, but uh, you need to start somewhere and you need to work with something you have in, have in the wild. That's basically it. Yeah. Sorry for this uh, nitpicking. <laughs> yeah, that's that's cool. Uh, it's it's good to have, have the details and I think uh, that's a quite sensitive uh, topic uh, still in Germany. So it's uh, good to, to uh, make things clear here um, and to... to, to also talk to the very details. And I think um, our listeners are uh, mostly technical uh, guys and, and uh, yeah, hopefully also some women. Um, and yeah, so they, they can deal with that at least. And if, they, if that was too fast, you can go to the GitHub uh, repository, which we will link, of course, uh, to the show notes afterwards. Um, I, I think it's all in German, I suppose, at least of the things I saw so far. No? No, no. actually, in, within GitHub, we use English as the main language, especially since we also have colleagues in the development teams um, that are not uh, uh, German natives. And so... English is the, the main la language in, in GitHub, and we um, translate some of the documents in German. Okay. 
So um, when SAP and Telecom got, uh, yeah, when there was that announcement that they will uh, join forces to work on that project, there was, yeah, in in my Twitter sphere, there were some people doubting that that will be a success in the end uh, because SAP has not the reputation for being very open. Um, I know SAP does a lot of open source contribution, but mainly in in projects which are not that uh, public uh, in the end and uh, they are not real or SAP is not really known for doing uh, big open source community projects, uh, telecom neither. Um, so I thought, okay, that's that's going to be a tough one, a tough task for, for SAP and telecom. And uh, so far I'm really impressed how it went. So there were uh, already upfront that um, architecture documents uh, posted, uh, where, which could be reviewed on GitHub. I think uh, you also got a lot of comments there, um, issues um, which were taken into account. Um, the whole development uh, was also published, the whole source code, even before the release of the app, um, I saw plenty of code reviews for uh, from developers from iOS Android developers um, the backend is developed in Java if I got it right so uh, also saw some reviews of Java devs so as I'm uh, still one of those up up guys mainly at least um, uh, and um, yeah Sebastian <laughs> is wearing an up up is not that uh, shirt by the way <laughs> um, I couldn't, or, or yeah, I'm not in the position to do that kind of reviews, but it was quite impressive um, that you published all that. But I think, um, as I said, SAP is not really known for that. Um, you also need to set up the, the processes uh, to be ready for that, or? Uh, yes, we do. Definitely. So um, there was a pretty, pretty good coincidence that uh, the open source program office, which was established a little bit more than a year ago, and of course, SAP has also a, quite a long history with respect to open source, not at scale, of course, but uh, we are growing steadily or we have been growing steadily. And by establishing this, uh, this office and also doing a lot of work, upfront, which was just there for, let's say, the regular open source processes, we were pretty much ready for most of the things which we could really simply reuse for this project right now. So um, it paid off that we uh, really established this uh, office at time, that we had the, the processes ready, that we had the information ready. Um, so uh, that was a big, big plus. Um, also uh, was a big plus that we already had some uh, very good, uh, let's say, uh, first level, um, yeah, how to say, experiences with open working in open source projects at SAP. You know, we have Kuma, we have Gardener, uh, we have also the, the Open JDK or Submachine when it comes to the Java world. Um, well, also, which also said, okay, we have quite some uh, SAP still there and we're still earning money and it's not that bad and uh, and so on and so on. Open so UI 5 could, uh, should be mentioned. Open UI 5, sorry for that. So <laughs> if I forget anything, it's not uh, against this. We have so many, so many projects right now. So uh, please, colleagues, uh, bear with me. It's, it's really, yeah. Um, nothing against you, definitely not quite the opposite. Um, and uh, where were I? Yeah, so that, 
yeah, they also could say um, in the end, in most cases, and the uh, fun fact is that that really paid off already in the first days, um, we could tell people um, it uh, you will get more in return from the community than you need to invest with respect to management, with respect to replying to the issues, with respect to planning, with respect to, okay, do we really have, uh, can we open source that? Is there still some kind somewhere in the corner, something which we can't show to the people? Um, so, um, and all the people, or at least most of the people who had these, uh, let's say, um, how to say prejudices is probably a little harsh word. Uh, doubts, open source doubts, say. yeah, mm -hmm. doubts. Um, they, most of them said afterwards, yeah, it really paid off. We already, even before the release, we had more uh, returned by the community than we needed to invest with respect to management or Thomas, so. Yes, I'm, I mean, for, for me, this was also um, more, more or less, uh, more, more, more or less a first. Uh, so I'm, I'm not from the open source program office. So, I mean, just having this kind of experience in the company and expertise in the company is just uh, really, I mean, we, we couldn't have done it without it, uh, I'd say. And for me, I was also in the beginning a bit uh, hesitant and said, yeah, we will get some comments and maybe not that many contributions, but I personally was also pretty impressed by kind of the quality, um, the amount of, of contributions we got in the very first days after we put the repositories online. So it was uh, exceeded my expectations, but of course, yeah, it's, it's something you have to get used to. And it's something that you can only learn when you do it, right? It's, it's, you can study all day long how, how that might work or how that even works in, in other projects. I think uh, a project of this size and visibility is starting like from day one in, in public is, is really something different than, uh, let's say, home growing your, your open source project and it becoming Linux over time, for example. I think, uh, by the way, on, on, hmm? one personal question. How does it feel if your daily uh, work project is reported every day in the newspaper and, and on TV? Yeah, well, uh, it, it's very interesting. It's probably the first time in my career, and that lasts now for almost 20 years, that I really can explain to anybody in my family uh, that this is the thing which I'm currently working on. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, you you get to know the 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 stuff. Okay, this is how more or less how it works, and it's done somewhere in a infra server infrastructure, and it basically processes all your invoices and stuff. But uh, yeah, that's that's completely different from from a respect of let's say a responsibility or a visibility. Um, At the moment, I have to say, it doesn't feel that different from other stressful projects I've had so far. It's simply a lot of stuff to do. Uh, probably, and I'm almost pretty sure that th this will happen in hindsight, someone in a few months, I would say, oh my God, that was really something uh, with uh, millions of people looking at you. Uh, some of them pretty much uh, following all your steps and hopefully you did it, don't do any mistake, which probably influences the whole project. So that was pretty interesting. So, yeah, at the moment, it's it's just, uh, yeah, 
trying to get everything done properly also with respect uh, to the community especially because many many people also invest a lot of time in, in writing the issues and pull requests and stuff and of course we have a lot of people out there who want to contribute and we have um, still uh, um, some people here who also process that um, but uh, yeah please bear with us if we don't reply to you and we have uh, in, in let's say in a few hours uh, we listen and that's certainly something um, yeah that everything will be taken into account so that's also uh, something where we feel okay we have a lot of um, interest out there and yeah hopefully we are really capable of addressing everything properly that's probably something right now yeah so as far as I would say, or in, in, in my opinion, uh, the work you did in the last weeks with that very open approach so far uh, that built it already or built at least uh, uh, built already a lot of trust into the app. Um, seeing all the discussions about data privacy, which happened before, now you've we've got already more than uh, one uh, more than 10 million downloads. Uh, that's a lot within a week. Um, that probably also explains why uh, telecom is needed to to host that thing. Because uh, if I got the German government right, it was also one uh, pre-criteria to have it hosted on German servers with German companies. And uh, I think there's only one which which has that infrastructure in place uh, to, uh, yeah. To, to run that that infrastructure yeah you always need to take into account how much uh, let's say uh, throughput we need actually or uh, how much data you need approximately each and every single day to be distributed to each and every single mobile phone who, which is running the app yeah and it's also documented by the way in our architecture document um, when the, the project was started, we had uh, still a lot more cases per day than we have fortunately today. And of, okay, if you take a look at the numbers uh, in, in so, some Bundesländer in Germany, it's, it's growing again. So I really cross my fingers that it goes down again. But in the end, we counted about 2,000 cases per day in addition, at least as a sample calculation. And then we had about, I think it was 40 terabytes per day which is needed to um, distribute everything to the end user devices. It's not about uploading the keys. That's probably not the deal, right? If you say 2,000 cases and each and every single one of them, a few megabytes, that's simply manageable. It's distributing the amount of diagnosis keys which have been collected over the last 14 days. Um, so several dozens of megabytes to millions of devices. And then you can simply make up the numbers. And of course, with that, you need a proper backend infrastructure. And um, there were also some voices saying, okay, why was SAP chosen in the end? And why wasn't there uh, just uh, yeah, a startup which is uh, more efficient because it's smaller, um, more efficient processes, not a very big company with, with slow processes? Um, We, we already talked a bit upfront about that. Maybe you can also give some details why you think it, it was the right decision to, to give it to SAP. 
I think for, for me personally, one, one major aspect I learned through this um, project is that we have really a lot of expertise in, in very different aspects that are needed for this app within SAP. I mean, you need UX uh, experts, you need security experts, you need legal experts, you need backend experts, and so on and so forth. And I think having a startup that combines all of this might be um, hard to find, I'd say. And also, yeah, I mean, building a startup from the ground up just for that is, is of course, challenging. I mean, you need the people and, and get them somehow together. And for me personally, just seeing kind of the amount of talent that comes together in this project is, is probably one explanation that, um, yeah, kind of speaks in, in favor of, of doing this in a larger company that has the, the just right amount of experience and, and the right personnel there. Um, there's also the fact that the API you are using from Google and Apple is quite new. Um, was there also collaboration between SAP and, and those two? There, there is. I mean, it's ongoing. It's, it's a constant exchange. They... Um, I don't know how many new minor versions of their new API they uh, they created over the last uh, weeks, um, but there's, of course, constant change in there. We say how we would like to consume it. They say how uh, what they would like to provide or change, and then, yeah, that's, that's a constant exchange going on. Yeah. But, of course, we can't simply influence each and every single detail of the APIs. That's so, so, of course, the contribution and collaboration is really great. Um, but And that has also been discussed in the wild uh, for, yeah, yeah, very, very extensively. For example, okay, do you really need iOS 13.5 for this, for this uh, app? Um, and we continuously need to tell people, yeah, well, Apple has decided to, uh, let's say, ship uh, the basic infrastructure we need to make it run on uh, Apple devices uh, with uh, iOS 13.5. So yes, that's the basic uh, basic infrastructure, and the decision has been made to do it like that. Um, and and all the rest probably then is uh, we, we can of course ask them. Okay, we have that many uh, devices in Germany who are still requiring a lower or maximum uh, operating system version is iOS. 12 or even lower, um, but in the end, it's up to the, uh, let's say, manufacturers of the devices and or the, um, the operating system manufacturers to decide how to ship that, how to enable the things and uh, how to make it work, because in the end, they also need to ensure that the API, that the infrastructure, the framework is running smoothly uh, across those devices they make it available for. Um, and as we all work in software development, we pretty much know how tough that that might be, especially uh, on uh, on yeah that side where you work with millions of end user devices. Yeah, so that's that's really a tough one. And probably we will see some changes. I don't know. Um, yeah, um, that's just also to to underline this message that uh, especially when it comes to making the framework available. Um, and the apps on, on the frameworks, we have simply some boundary conditions that need to be taken into account um, and that uh, we simply need to get started somewhere. And on, on a comparison, if I might say that, um, if, if we uh, talk about other countries who have chosen to implement it on their own, yeah, um, 
even doesn't matter if it's a centralized or decentralized approach if they use bluetooth or um, something else um, especially on apple devices um, it simply doesn't work at all because especially for for bluetooth and all the hardware um, things which need to happen the app if if it doesn't have operating system support it needs to run in the foreground and uh, that's simply impossible on a day-to-day -day basis when you when you talk about end users so um, it's a, definitely a given and it's a solid and good decision to rely on the operating system uh, or uh, the respective close to the operating system libraries to make it work properly so that we ensure that we can concentrate on the infrastructure and on the app itself okay is um, the german app the first one who uses uh, that new api I think the no, uh, Italian app Immuni is using this as well as and the Swiss app Swiss COVID two and I think they are more in development, right? I think the first public one was actually coming from Latvia. Latvia, ah, right? Yeah, yeah. So that uh, small, nice country in the Baltics. Yeah, they were Which first. Which is uh, uh, usually very, fa uh, very fast in digital things. Yeah, it's also, also all the Baltics. It's not only for, from an IT perspective worth a visit, but yeah, they, they were first, definitely. And uh, I suppose they are much more coming afterwards, especially when they have a look. The evaluation have have been have been made for the centralized approaches and especially also for the, let's say, homegrown infrastructures. Um, and I, I don't know the exact numbers, uh, but uh, I've seen somewhere on the web on the weekend that especially on iOS devices, they had catastrophic uh, figures, I think, in the one digit percent that it worked on iOS devices or for the homegrown infrastructures, homegrown libraries, and that's simply nothing you can build an infrastructure upon. Yeah, so I will, I'm pretty sure we will see more examples like that. So in this time, when, when you talk about changing, changing their mind from centralized to decentralized and switching on the, I would say, right horse, I don't know if you said that in English, no? um, Germany was actually pretty much uh, early when it comes to comparison to other European countries. Yeah, in, in the beginning, they all said we are too fast, uh, we are too slow, uh, because uh, there was the total discussion about the approach, but uh, Google and Apple also needed some uh, their time to develop the API in the end. So it was, at least for me as an outsider, just right in time when, when the actual development started or the project started. Yeah, and from my perspective, also some very important note on that. Uh, It's simply there to to really cut the transmission change for for this virus, and uh, as a personal note, uh, from also for family, friends, and everybody, the whole society, uh, communities, economy, nothing would be better if we if we needed to say in one two months we don't need this app anymore because the epidemic uh, the pandemic is simply over. Uh, I would say. Yes, we had a tough time, but it was worth the, was worth the effort. Um, yeah, and if we still need it for a second wave, a third wave, or something like that, we still have one tool among others at hand uh, to to beat that or to make it less serious, um, especially in some some areas than it than it was uh, in late winter, early spring. Yeah, um, as 
Germany, the, in Germany, the situation is still quite good. You mentioned already some local outbreaks again last week. Uh, we, we all hope that it uh, doesn't come back as a second wave, I think. Um, so, but the Germans, as most probably all of uh, yeah, the whole world who got in, uh, affected by that pandemia, uh, pandemic, um, Yeah, also wants to get their normal lives back. So in Germany, there are discussions about going on vacation again, abroad, Austria, for example, Italy, whatever. Um, so as for my understanding, um, right now, there is no kind of uh, Corona one app roaming uh, so far in place. And um, I, I've heard a German podcast, which I also will link up uh, with two colleagues from the development team. They also discussed that topic and it seems to be quite complicated uh, because um, of the amount of data which need to be transferred. And of course, data privacy is again an issue because you would need to, to add the information in which country you are. So Germany, that might not be the, or in Europe, I think that might not be the biggest issue, but in some other countries, uh, governments are most, pro or are maybe interested in where their people are going and where not, or there are countries where they should not go. Um, can you give some insights on that? Is that on the backlog or in the backlog already? Or are there European discussions about a solution? Or is that just too early? You want to take it, Thomas? Or um, yes, sure. Oh. Um, so there, there are, of course, um, ever since kind of DP3T um, started um, kind of yeah, creating their approach, um, people started thinking about interoperability and how that could evolve um, uh, when, when different countries get their uh, own apps going. And of course, we are also involved in part in this um, Uh, discussions and I think this is something that just somehow has to be done in, in, in the midterm. Um, as Sebastian said, if that app goes away or, or is no longer needed in a month, then perfect. But um, well, my, my personal gut feeling is it, it won't and then I think it's just something that we have to solve as, as, as Europe and, and beyond. And most probably it would make sense to learn from the, the, the current situation to be prepared to, uh, for the next one. Yeah, If I think that's, that's kind of also a, a learning from, from the entire project, kind of how to set up such projects swiftly, how to communicate with the different stakeholders, um, both within the project, but also outside from, from other similar projects. I think that's all, we're, we're learning so much every day um, about these kind of projects. Yeah, it's, it's something that we will uh, carry on uh, for, for a while. And it, it's, just, it's not uh, some kind of a remote hope that this will happen. Um, some, uh, let's say, uh, things on the level of European Commission and the European Union are ongoing and they're also talking about standards uh, with respect to that. Um, so uh, especially if uh, the pandemic will 
be there for, for a while, we will definitely see something in that regards. Because, uh, of course, if we talk about something like this a new term of the new normal, um, and uh, if, if uh, the pandemic or the virus itself uh, will still be with us for a while and uh, probably with, there will be some delays for the, for the uh, vaccine, you, you, know, you don't know, um, then uh, we definitely need some kind of an, an interoperable solution, uh, especially in, in, uh, in Europe, as we have open borders and we, or we want to get back to open borders. We need to also with respect to our economy. And it's not only because of for the sake of the economy. Yeah, it's just some kind of uh, what is the economy? It's all of us in the end. And uh, we need that. Yeah, of course. Um, you mentioned already the uh, new normal. Um, I suppose there was not that that uh, one team at SAP which was waiting for that project uh, sitting there and uh, knowing all each other. Um, yeah, I think there, there there was a kind of a setup phase uh, to recruit that whole team. And as far as I know, SAP is also working from home since mid of March. So the SAP was quite early. So can you give some details about that work in the beginning and still works? You are still all, all at home, if I got it right. Something for my understanding Uh, also, as a developer, I would have said that that will not work. Uh, worked, obviously, quite good. Yeah, uh, so uh, I think my last day in the office was actually 12th of March. So that's now almost three months since then. Uh, so I haven't been in the office since then, uh, not a single day. So, um, and uh, yeah, of course, so when it comes to team setup, um, the, the colleagues pretty much gathered together uh, all the necessary people from uh, across the whole company, of course, limited a bit to, to Germany. Yeah, so uh, who, who was working in Germany um, to get this thing done. And um, it's, it's really, from my perspective, to uh, a big, big positive sign that how efficient people can work together um, with uh, yeah, close to zero conflicts, um, simply get focused on the job uh, to get this through the door because we have really a cause to solve, cause to address. Um, that was really incredible. And uh, I need to, yeah, so if, if you've asked me, let's put it like that, before this project, if this was possible in any company, it's not limited to SAP. If, it, if that was possible in any company, I would have said no, no way at all. If you take Developers account, okay, need you to need to be co located. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and uh, co-located, and uh, you need to address the legal stuff, and it need to be a contract, and we don't start without the contract, and uh, you need to have everything signed off. Uh, the legal colleagues need to have their sign off, and uh, HR, and uh, you all know these things, especially in in a market like Germany. Um, for those of you who work and live in Germany, you know the details, um, and it has really been incredible work. And uh, I'm still really impressed how people work together in this project and that we really got it done. Um, 
yeah, and that also to come back to your uh, one of your questions, to also change the mind in public already hopefully a little bit with respect to SAP and Deutsche Telekom, um, how uh, they can do something, and uh, also with respect to open source. As I'm as I said, I'm working in, in OSPO. I hope that's sustainable. Was there also a change within SAP in regards of open source? Um, I would say I would be I would be surprised if it wouldn't happen, so to say. Yeah. So I, I've heard countless of people, colleagues, telling, "Oh, yeah, that really works. That's an interesting approach. Yeah, I really like that." And you really get a lot of things back. Hmm, probably we should consider that uh, for our next project as well. So at least for for me and my colleagues uh, in the OSPO, I'm really curious about the next weeks and months to come, how much consulting and things we need to do. Um, I would be really, really glad if we uh, will get uh, a lot of additional work to do in that regards. Um, But of course, you, you can never tell. It's probably the same as uh, for all the other things. Okay, the pandemic will change the, the pattern of travel. The pandemic will change the work, how we work together, um, collaboration. Um, I hope, uh, despite all the tragedies and, and things uh, happened, uh, yeah, especially in other countries, I think probably a lot of people, each and every family knows somebody who was affected by it. Um, that uh, it it will improve something. Um, I wouldn't bet on that. Probably I'm too long uh, in in business to. But I, I at least at hope in some cases, and then then it would have at least a slight positive note. Um, but yeah, we simply need to see. And with respect to open source, um, I'm, I'm much more positive. Yeah, so. Okay. Um, we already just talked about the team. Um, how big was it approximately, the development team itself? And, and I think at least you, you've got the same number around uh, taking care about the legal stuff, uh, community management, open source processes, um, all that other stuff, uh, talking with other stakeholders outside and inside the company. I have to admit, I don't know the exact number. So it's... But maybe so while you're thinking about the number, um, first of all, it's it's still present tense. So we're still actively working on that because you said uh, how, how, how big was the team. So people are still kind of bringing that forward. Um, so now, Sebastian, do you have a number? Yeah, yeah. So, so um, I think I need to to say I can't answer this question actually. So it's 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 highly dynamic. Uh, people joining uh, also uh, pointed to other things. Uh, many uh, people are there for quite a long time. Um, so I think each and every number I would tell you or could tell you now would probably be wrong. So uh, just to say probably one thing, um, it's much, much more uh, the number than what you see in, in the public profile on github.com slash coronavornap. I think we have about 20, 20-ish something people uh, there. Uh, and just to remark, these are only the people who are working for the projects who have explicitly set their uh, profile to public. 
yeah, that's an explicit uh, setting you need to do. Okay, I'm now prominently present here. Um, and there's much, much more. So I hope, yeah, it's a little disappointing, but I think with the uh, deepest of my heart, I, I couldn't tell you anything else. Yeah, that, that, that's fine. Um, you said the teams are still working. Uh, what are the features on the pipeline or in the backlog uh, right now? I've uh, already talked about the, the lab uh, interface uh, to get the testing results. Is that something which is... Uh, where you work with priority at the moment or are there is it more to to yeah make the things better after the first experiences in the wild so the infrastructure and the connection to it uh, is already there since version one uh, of course uh, the let's say uh, the most important things right now, at least from what I could see, also can see we have opened up a dedicated backlog repository on GitHub. So it's not of course far from being complete and it will be filled up of course, but there you have more or less also, you will have um, insights what is, what is planned. Um, but in the end, the, the most important things right now is really stabilization, fixing all the bugs uh, which have been discovered uh, with this uh, millions of users out there. Um, and uh, which you can also see in our FAQ, right? Uh, so we have, for example, uh, some issues with uh, very aggressive battery saving modes on Android, um, uh, which basically, uh, yeah, creates um, big problems to uh, to download the diagnosis keys in the background. Yeah, so that's something right now we need to tell the people, okay, please uh, check the battery saving modes for, for Corona One App. Um, then of course, uh, other things, uh, usability issues, also translations. Yeah, so uh, we've also seen uh, we have a lot of uh, people in Germany, no matter if they are living here or if they're coming here via uh, traveling or uh, commuting whatsoever who speak or we have their main language, some, something else, Turkish, uh, Arabic, Russian, Polish, and so on and so on. Um, I don't have the final list of, of languages, of course, and, but they have also been mentioned by Jürgen Müller, our CTO in the press conference last week. And uh, yeah, so, so from my perspective, stabilization, um, making it work for, for everybody uh, has, has top priority right now. And uh, for, for additional features, um, I think that's a little bit more, uh, uh, yeah, a little later, I would say. Oh, Thomas, did I forget anything? No, no, sums it up perfectly. Okay, so... I already thank you really for, for that uh, interview. It was a pleasure uh, to have you here today. And uh, I uh, just reached out to Sebastian uh, on, on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. Then he said, okay, when, when we get a bit more time, when the app is released, uh, we, we can arrange uh, that. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I, I already heard that you still have very, very long days. Um, it was really a pleasure to having you here uh, today and uh, uh, good luck and uh, with the yeah with the app and the whole project and uh, hope to see you in person uh, one day again <laughs> soon on uh, 
yeah, I would like to see you on a community event, for example, or a ticket wherever it takes place in person. So thank you very much, guys. Yeah, thank you too. It was a pleasure. So thanks. Mm -hmm.